This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. Today's episode is brought to you and supported by Pella Windows. It happens to almost all of us eventually, and for pretty much everyone, the experience ranges from unpleasant to downright panic-inducing. So get your moving box ready because quitting your job is today's topic. Hi everyone, I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And today we're talking about quitting your job and all that entails. Andrew, would you be surprised to learn that I have quit a lot of jobs? Not surprised at all, man. Why? You should be totally surprised <laughs> no, by that. No, I'm not. Your, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder stuff going on. You got to have like a thousand things happening. Okay, well maybe. It, I have quit a lot of jobs. <laughs> I guess I'm a little hurt that that's not a surprise. <laughs> well, it's because I know you, right? I mean, I, okay, fair for enough. the listeners, probably not, right? They're probably yeah. like, yeah, man, he's a you know steady rock, but solid stand up employee. I, know. I, I know am better. I'm all those things, but in I limited have, doses, I have <laughs> I have quit a lot of jobs, but I have because I've quit so many. I have experienced the ramifications of doing it right, and at least on one and kind of two, if we get into it, occasions doing it horribly wrong like whenever i tell the story which i'll tell today people go what were you you thinking thinking? yeah so awkward yeah that's a good one that's when you know you've done it right when people are like what what man huh how many unprofessional jobs have you quit oh of several but you know the worst one i think was when i worked at a car wash for one day when i was 16 what I vacuum. I was the I was the vacuum station, right? So the very beginning, and this is the kind where you kind of drop off your car and then they vacuum it and then it goes through the automatic wash. So you quit a job at a car wash? Yes. Because it was too hard? No, it wasn't too hard. I feel like maybe I felt like it was just, you know, I was better than that. That's really what it was. Oh, wow. As, as it was. Wow. That and actually I got a job the next day being a lifeguard. So that was like, you know, uh, what am I going to do? Do I want to vacuum out? cars in a long sleeve shirt in the middle of the summer or would I rather, you know, sit by a pool and kind of not do anything. So I chose the no lesser offense of two. to lifeguards out there saving lives well, every day. I was a lifeguard. <laughs> I can say that, right? It's like I was a lifeguard for a lot of years after that and a swim instructor. So that was my one day job. My, how'd, you, how'd you quit? Just didn't show up the next day. I never got paid for it. I, nothing. I just was a 16 year old kid and I was like, yep, I'm not coming back. I still have the hat. I found it the other day wow. at my parents' house. You're a jerk. Yeah, I am a jerk. I am a jerk. <laughs> Weren't you a busboy too? Yeah, I was. But that was longer. That lasted a while. Like a couple weeks. Yeah, several weeks. Um, but the, the car wash thing. You didn't even cool... make it to a month. No, I made it a month, weeks. I think. I think I made it a month. The cool thing about the car wash is like I got to drive. I think I was so excited because I got to drive like a Mercedes. Like from the vacuum station <laughs> to the automatic drive through car wash thing. Right? It was like a matter of like... 30 feet. Well, for our purposes, that doesn't do us any good because we'll just go ahead and jump to the end in that particular line of questioning and say, don't ever quit your job just by not showing up. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. This is not a good thing to do at any point in your life, even though at 16, it might've been somewhat excusable and I'm sure they didn't miss me. Well, you don't think they missed your vacuuming skills? No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Okay. Well, all right. I'm going to take the reins on this since I've quit so many professional jobs. I think that's fair. So after 25 years... I'm on my eighth job, 25 years. Yeah, I'm doing the math. Which kind of doesn't sound that bad when I put it that way. It's every four years. Yeah, but I had had six jobs in the first 10 of those 25. (laughs) 
<laughs> there you go. That and makes it, a difference. And it's been two for the last, you know, 15 or so. So you're just active early in your career. You were just active. I changed a lot of jobs in the beginning. Yeah. And I, I will go on to say that the architectural community is very small. I've learned just how small it is in the last 10 or 15 years. And how you quit your job is really important. There is only one job where I had quit in such a bad manner. I mean, spectacularly bad. <laughs> just one? Just one of the eight? Well, I, I well, yeah. Yeah. Most of them, um, I didn't have a problem quitting. I just said, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Thanks. You guys have been awesome. And I left and it wasn't that big a deal. So even the bad one you quit, was it amicable or was it just like really bad? It was really bad. Yeah. And I'll tell that story. I was like, let's hear it. Let's man. hear it. So this was, I worked for um, an interiors firm that did pretty much five-star historic renovation projects. I think I was the only architect on staff. Everyone else was an interior designer, which really doesn't figure into the story in a lot of ways, but maybe it, it did and why, why I didn't want to be there so much anymore. But we got a new project and I mean, I, I worked really hard on it, spent a lot of time. I mean, I, I really, I earned my spot and on the day that I quit, I get brought into the office where they give me a raise and a promotion. It's a smart move. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like right. It. They're making a play. They're like, you're a good guy. We want to keep you here. You just punched that gift horse right in the face. Uh, in, in about an hour I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to celebrate my new raise and promotion, one of the partners took me out to lunch. Now I need to set the table a little bit because this guy and I, we didn't really get along. I mean, it might've been one-sided and I will be the first one to say that looking back on this, I'm a hundred percent the wrong. Everything I did about this was wrong. You didn't get along, meaning AKA you didn't like him. I didn't. Well, you know, he, he was just one of these. So on this project, here's a good example. He would swoop into town. He ran one of the other offices and you know, he, he came from a, a corporate culture. He had definitely had some skins on the wall. You know, he knew what he was doing. He was not he was not a dummy, right? He wasn't just a jerk. Yeah. But he came swooping into town and I'm readily admitting that I had problem with authority at this time in my career, right? I, I had a higher opinion of myself than I had earned for sure. Totally. And he comes in and he, um, I'm bringing him up to date on this project I've been working on, which I think I just slayed it. It's awesome. It's very design oriented. And he just kind of goes, move this door to here. And I said, why? And I'm sure I said it like, you're an idiot. Why? Yeah. Like, um, why, dude? Yeah. I mean, I didn't say any of those words, but I'm sure the tone and the body posture and my, the rolling sure the of tone. the eyes. Yeah. Sure. But in my mind, what I struggled with at that point in my career was I felt that we had a mutually beneficial relationship. I wasn't there just to get a job done and get paid. I was there to learn from these people. Like they knew the not more than I did. And so this was supposed to be collaborative. So when somebody says, move something, in my mind, I want to know why. Because I, I put yeah. some logic behind why I solved it the way I did. And so next time, if it's if it needed to be somewhere for some reason, then you would know, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. I'll, I'll learn something along the way. Yeah. And I should say that I was not right out of school. I was probably five or six years out of school at this point. So, I mean, I wasn't that green. I, was, yeah. I look back you, on it now and I was, but. Yeah, but I mean, you knew some stuff. It I wasn't knew some like, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I said, why? And his answer was, because I said so. And in my mind, I went, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I was like, that yeah, was it. That's not an answer. I go, yeah. that just, so that, done. that sent the, that set the bar for how I was with him. Like in that moment, I lost respect for him. 
and we'll get into this later because you can work with someone you don't like, but it's really hard to work for someone you don't respect. Yeah. And there's a big difference. So, but this wasn't the day, this wasn't the day, this you was quit. not the day I this quit. This was the day that set the tone for this guy for, for you, for me, just like, I got you. I just, I went, you know what? I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. I don't know. I don't like what he's about. I like nothing about him. And so this is the moment you pass judgment. And he was a tool. I mean, in my defense, he was kind of a tool, <laughs> but that doesn't mean he didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. And so like we were traveling once here's another little side story. Just paint a picture here. We went to San Francisco for this project. And he calls me up in my hotel room. He goes, he goes, put on your good clothes. I got us reservations at the best restaurant in town. It's going to be amazing. And I was kind of like, okay, right. San Francisco's got some nice restaurants. It's kind of a big deal. But for like the first, I don't know, like 80% of the meal, all we heard about was how hard this restaurant is to get in. And the waiting list is like a year, but he knows a guy who got us in because that's how important he is. He got in today. Yeah, we got us in right now yeah. at this five thirty seating. <laughs> exactly. I got us in here today at this four o'clock. That's lunch. right. Those are not the <clears throat> those are the waiters that are eating next to us. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't like that. Even though that would have been funny, um, <laughs> it wasn't like that. So he's he's just that's just so congratulatory on himself. The whole conversation. I'm just and I already don't really like the guy. Yeah. And so he says to me, "Isn't this like the best meal you've ever had in your life?" Which is a, w- a way for him to kind of get another backhanded compliment in on himself. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. And it's I went. so great, Jimmy. <laughs> no. At that time in my life, I was like, no, this isn't the best meal I've ever had in my life by a long shot. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just picking a fight. And he goes, w- what's better than this? And I was like, I'd rather be eating chicken wings in front of my TV at home than <laughs> this. <laughs> total jerk all right i mean uh, yeah I, I mean yeah. i knew what was going on and i didn't have to do it so we we just had kind of this he was like i'm great and i was like i don't think you're great and like everything all my everywhere i dealt with this guy was combative in a lot of ways so fast, yeah, that's that's your fault fa- it's totally my fault i mean as much 100 as much as it is anybody else's yeah but what i will disagree it's totally his fault that he did the because i said so well yeah no Cause, no because no. that yeah. was the that was the thing I went, all right, I, I can't be a part of this, right? That, that's not why I'm here. So fast forward to the day of my departure, and we got to this burger joint. That's like a half hour drive from our office, which I don't know why we went so far away to have this celebratory. Was it hard to get lunch. into? Was no, it, no. Was it the best burger <laughs> joint down? It was a good burger <laughs> joint, but it wasn't It wasn't special in that, okay. in that regard. Right. So we're sitting there, uh, and we... We order our food and he starts telling me all the reasons why, like, you're really great at this, but if you stopped sucking, you wouldn't suck. I mean, it's basically what it was and which which I didn't respond to very well. And so we kind of, I don't know, we kind of got into a little verbal jousting a little bit. It ended with him saying, what, you don't like this? And I was like, yeah, I don't like it. Like, like in the sense, isn't this the greatest thing ever? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, what are you going to do about it? You're going to quit? I went, done. I quit <laughs> right then. Nice. I quit because in the middle of lunch, he dared me to quit. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. And the thing about it was our food hadn't shown up yet. <laughs> so we then sat there not talking to each other. The most silent lunch ever. Not talking. And they brought our food, which we then commenced to eating. Like we couldn't have said, we could have said, 
to go was a thing. Yeah. We could have said, hey, can you can get, get that this to, go? to go now? We've changed our plans. <laughs> no, we sat there and we ate it without talking to each other. Then we got in the car and drove for 30 minutes, 30 minutes back to the, back office, to the office, office without talking to each other. We get back in the office. He goes directly into the senior manager's, the partner's office, tells her she's upset. Like she cries because she's like, that's the guy that does all the drawings, essentially. <laughs> He's the guy who knows how to make this work. No, I won't go that far. But yeah, I won't go that far. He's the guy who pushes the CAD buttons. They're like, really? This guy works hard. He shows up. He does his job. He yeah. cares. I mean, everything about this was fine. Like I was a great employee, but I just didn't go well with that guy. So I quit that job. And out of all the jobs I've quit, that's the one I look back on and I went 100% my fault, did it exactly the worst possible way ever. It ended badly. And now I feel such shame associated with how I handled myself. I don't want to see any of those people ever again. Like if for some reason I walk, <laughs> in, avoid them in the hallway, I walk into a ballroom oh, no. and somebody goes, you know, such and such is over there. I'm like, I'm out. You're like, like oh, it was nice being here. I got to go. Can't do it. Now, the the senior manager partner, she's been great. She's kind of kept an eye on my career as I've kind of gotten. She sent me notes from time to time congratulating me on certain milestones and things that have gone right. So she has always been very, very nice. But, oh. Well, I'm not, yeah, I, I, that's a bad thing to do. I mean, yeah, to, me, that's, do that. to me, that's close to just never showing up again. It's, honestly. Pretty, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, especially, well, not so much as if it was a real job, like a profession. And not showing up the next day yeah. had I done that. But that's pretty brutal. That one was bad. But, but I mean, at least I think it's better, though. You didn't. It doesn't sound like great because you could get into the whole, to me, the worst case scenario is somebody like yelling and screaming and cussing and throwing <laughs> stuff. Flipping tables. Yeah, yeah exactly. And... Just throwing junk, you know, where it's like, oh. I Call security. Tur- yeah. You have to get like escorted off the premises. Yeah, that's no. bad. But yeah, I don't even know if I could imagine anybody in our profession ever doing something like no. that. No. Right? Well, like, the thing that makes it burn it for me is not that I acted like a monster. It was that. I handled myself unprofessionally. Poorly. That's yeah. that's what bothers me. Because I would never have flipped a table. I probably couldn't have lifted one. <laughs> You'd have just flipped a finger. Yeah. I just <laughs> I wasn't ever that guy. Yeah. Right. And it's probably why I never quit a job like that ever before. But more it's something about that the way that happened. The only good that came out of it is it shaped how I handled every time I quit a job for the rest of my career. So did you come out of that though? Were you feeling pretty high and mighty when that was done? No. No, no, you weren't really no. like, I mean, in the moment where you're like, yeah, I stuck it to that jerk. No, because I had to sit there not talking to him for a half hour while we waited for our food and ate it. And then another half. I mean, it just it took like if I could have like slammed the door and walked out, you know, yeah. th- there was no exit. It just kind of. So do you think that was kind of intentional on his part, though? Right. Because for him, it may not be that big of a deal. But for you, it's like, yeah, this is going to suffer. Oh, no, I'm going to make him suffer. I think it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. I think it was kind of a big deal. I don't know. I just wonder if, you know, it's one of those things. Because for me, if I was been in that situation and I was him, I would have been whatever, I would have done whatever I could have done to make it more uncomfortable for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> then that's all like, he quit, man. I'm. Just, it's going to be the next hour. It's going to be the worst hours of, li- of well, his life. Well, okay. Right? If like, that's true, then I give him more credit for being Machiavellian than I ever would have that, thought. Maybe that's what he was doing. Yeah. Well, he got in trouble for like allowing that to happen. You know, so part of that, when, when I went back in the office, you know, he went and said, okay, Borson just quit Yeah, and they're scrambling and she was yelling at him saying, shouldn't have gotten to that point. You shouldn't have let it get there. I mean, she was not happy yeah. about the whole thing. She was his boss. Yes. Well, she was, the no? sen- she was the senior partner at that time. 
And he was as well? It was her company. Oh, and okay. And she brought him and another person in, and they all had different va- levels of percentages. Okay. Right, and right. then over time, they would all end up being equal partners. And this was kind of towards the beginning of that. So she was really, the, she was the heavy, for yeah. sure. Okay. For sure. So that was a learning experience for me. And I can tell you that there are other jobs that I quit that didn't go badly. I mean, normally what happens is I would... I'd fret over it and I'd feel bad and I'd write up a letter, which we'll talk about later, you know, my process for how I would let people know I was going. And then I would leave and probably about half the time they said, okay, great. Thanks. And I, you can leave now. I think maybe not even half, maybe, you know, a couple of times. I'm trying to think of how many, and I can't actually think of any, but I'm sure, (laughs) but I'm sure there were a couple of them since you've never quit a job, at least not a professional one. And are now the, well, you know, we should talk about that a little bit. So the reason why you've never quit a job is because the first job you got, that guy made you, brought you on eventually as a partner. And now you own that firm outright. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you went from employee to owner. (laughs) No need to quit. (laughs) No need to quit. So you probably had some people quit on you though. Yeah, I have. I have a few, not many, but most of the time I've only had, I think maybe one that really flat out quit, quit. The other was, were attritionists type things, right? Where I'm going with my boyfriend, I'm going with my girlfriend, I'm going to go do this, I'm leaving town, I'm moving away, whatever, right? And I don't really- It wasn't personal. I don't really count that, right? It wasn't about the job that I was having them do or that they were working on. It was more about other things outside their personal lives that they needed to Okay, so on. the person that, that quote quit, unquote quit. quit, quit. Yeah. How'd they handle it? What'd they do? Not very well. They quit while I was on vacation. <laughs> Like they didn't, they just didn't tell you. you no, just, you came well, back or well, they, no, I had an email. Was, yeah, it was email essentially. <laughs> it's the worst email, right? So I was on a vacation and they were, and really what it was about it ended up coming down. It was a sort of a, they wanted to negotiate their current position while I was on vacation in Colorado when I had like zero service and those kind of things. Via so was, email. Yeah. It was very sporadic. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to do much about it. And because I mean, I, I can't, at the sure. time I just couldn't be like, oh yeah, so I can offer you this much more money and you can do that. Right. I mean, I'm practically in a cabin with some, you know, s'mores and that's right. about all I got. When I got back, they had already accepted another job. Yeah. Like, I get back to them going, I've got another job here in the same town, which is a small town where I'm at. Well, the takeaway should have been, okay, if that's a conversation that's worth having, it should be happening in person for Definitely. sure. Definitely. Not electronically. No, I don't think so at all. The other issue that I, f- I think in that whole scenario was is that they were a little bit unhappy with things, but they never mentioned it to me, right? They never had, we never have a conversation before. It's just all bottled this up. Happened. All it was all just bottled up. Yeah. I mean, I liked what they did and they did good work and I enjoyed them in the office. And I mean, I didn't like to lose them and I definitely didn't like to lose them in the way that I lost them. Sure. But I think it, it could have been handled better. Sure. I mean, just the fact that they tried to move their station electronically through electronic correspondence, and then either your inability or lack of the desire to deal with it through electronic correspondence, put them off enough to where they're like, they punt it out. Yeah. They're like, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Well, yes and no. I mean, the the because the whole sort I think the whole impetus was for the conversation was that they had been interviewed or they had interviewed for another job and got offered a job. Oh, and that's why they said, I want more from Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Which, well, not that I wasn't willing to give, but I wasn't in, you at that time. You didn't I, even get the conversation. Yeah. You know, and I still have to see this person every once in a while. I'm happy for them that they're still doing well. That's great. But I wish they were doing well in my office instead sure. of some other office, right? Yeah. No, I get that. And, you know, other than that, I mean, I've had a couple other, maybe just one other that quit, but they were just flaky, right? I mean, it's just they left. Right? They're like, I don't want to work anymore. 
Well, okay. since you've never been on this side of it, I can tell you that even when I left places, so I've left places that I really liked, but I felt it was not where I needed to be, or, you know, I quit a bunch of jobs in the early days because I felt like I was doing the same thing. Just, I quit jobs and I went somewhere else You're for bored. a different opportunity and I'm doing the same stuff again. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked about a lot of times on the blog and on these podcasts that it takes a while when you're younger to kind of rationalize what you want to do versus what you're good at and what people are willing to pay you to do. All right. Yeah. There takes a time to figure it out and they all have to come in some sort of alignment. Yeah. So I changed a lot of jobs because I was bored because I felt like I need to be a better architect and I'm not going to learn how to do that here. So I left, you know, a lot of these were like, how am I going to pass the ARE, the architectural registration exam, if I keep working here? Because... All they have me doing is talking to people and doing some design work. I need to learn how buildings get built. I left jobs for that. And I can tell you as someone who has left jobs that I liked in addition to jobs I didn't like, it's agonizing. The amount of stress you put on yourself, like, how am I going to do it? When do I tell them? Oh, 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 you know, I'm going to have a heart attack. It's terrible. But I'll also tell you as someone who has fired people before, it's way worse to fire somebody than it is for to quit. My question on that is, do you think everybody ha- agonizes over the notion of quitting or not? I mean, because I don't think you agonize much over it when you quit over burgers, right? You're like, I'm out, dude. But I didn't I agonize know. over that, yeah, but, yeah. but but I have agonized over how I did it over since, for yeah. decades. Yeah, yeah. But I just wonder if like some people just don't, right? They're just like, man, I'm out. Like, I'm not doing I'm sure that's anymore. true. Yeah. I'm sure there's some truth to that. But most of the people I talk to yeah. who tell me that, hey, I'm not happy where I'm at, I get asked, how should I quit my job? Yeah. You know, and I say, be professional about it. Even if you hate everybody there and you want to scorch earth, the whole thing, don't do yeah. it because just close the door. Don't there's burn no it upside. down. There's yeah, no upside yeah. to that. Don't burn it down. Just close it and walk away. That's part of the reason why we were kind of thinking, hey, what should we talk about? I was like, we need to talk about quitting your job because I know it's stressful. I know people, even when they don't want to be there, most people, at least the ones that I've heard from, it's something that they lose sleep over. Once you finally make the decision to quit. How long is it going to take me to actually do it? Everything becomes toxic while I'm mentally checking out, but I still have to be there. And who do I tell and how do I tell them? And they're going to be mad at me. You know, there's all these dynamics. And since I've worked for small firms, it's personal. I mean, it's. Yeah, it is a lot. Rough, when, when I quit, rough. I mean, they kind of take it like you're quitting you don't like me. me, not the company. Yeah. So but Which, he, to some extent is kind of true. I mean, and I, sure. it's hard for me not to take it that way when people leave, even if it's because their boyfriend is going somewhere or their girlfriend is going somewhere or whatever. I'm like, I'm not good enough for you to stay. <laughs> You're not going to leave your boyfriend I, to well, stay? Not, for just, me. not that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not good enough that you want to make him or her stay yeah. and find a job here. They don't need to go somewhere else. Yeah. They can find a job. You have a job here. You know, it mean, yeah. doesn't work that way. It's hard not to take it personal in a smaller office, I think. Well, I did quit a job from a, a large office and well, kind of two. If I take the two largest ones that quit, one of them, they didn't care. I was going to say, it seems like in my mind, my mind, they don't care because it happens probably every day. They're used I to mean, it. I mean, he, he cared in the sense that he's like, are you sure? I mean, we really like having you here, but yeah, if, but if this is, if this is the right move for you, then I wish you well. I mean, they, yeah. they, I handled it well. They handled it well. We parted amicably, right? Everything was fine. I still see those people. I don't run away from them yeah. <laughs> if I see them. <laughs> I don't avoid them. It went well? Yeah, yeah. You know, the the second, lar- that was when I quit the largest job. That's how that one went. The second largest firm when I quit, they were right in between. It was about 50 people. And it was it was a little personal. And But I got some of the best advice I ever received. Because he sat down 
and told me the guy quit, you know, when I went and told him and it was hard because I liked him. I liked everyone I worked with. I just didn't want to be there. Mentally, I just, this was not a place for me to be. So in a firm of this size, is, are you, is this your sort of direct supervisor or was it somebody you're like, your supervisor's supervisor kind of thing? Or? No, it was kind of my direct supervisor. It was small enough to where there's like five principals and you deal with. And One you, of those five. Yeah, you might, yeah. like if it's his, it's that partner's project. So you I work with you. that guy. Yeah, okay. Almost everything I did was for this guy. Okay. Right. When I quit and I went to talk to him about it, he was very nice. He's very respectful about it. And he said, one day you're going to have to eat your vegetables. And I didn't really know what that meant. And he, of course, being who he is, took that opportunity to explain that to me. And the lesson that I got from it was he told me that when I'm doing something that I want to do, if I'm working on a project that I'm, I'm, I think is a great project or I'm in, into it, it's exciting. Everybody wants me on that job. Like I'm the greatest. You're super enthusiastic. But if I don't want to work on that job, I'm an anchor, right? It's just, it's terrible. And he basically was saying, you need I to figure out. see that about you. <laughs> no, it hadn't been that way in a long time. Then I can only imagine how bad it used to be. Oh, please. <laughs> well, we never worked together. And just even on this podcast, you know, I'm maniacal about stuff. I, I'm aware. So it's never a question now. It hasn't been a question of the point of this is that. But I'm saying the parts that you don't like, if you don't like the anchor that you can be. No, I, I don't think that's true. Oh. Okay. We'll talk about that off air. <laughs> <laughs> But the point of it is that as a professional, you should do just as good a job to your, the best of your abilities, regardless of whether or not you like it or you don't like it. And whether or not you like the project or and, not. And I would say you wouldn't know because you don't work in my office, whether or not I do hard work or poor work on jobs I like or don't like. And I would say none of my clients know the difference either because I learned that lesson when I quit that job. And I was like, that's a valid point. And when somebody tells you like that's the takeaway that you get. That everybody wants you on their job when you like it and nobody wants you on the job when you don't like it. I mean, that was a probably the most single sobering feedback I ever got from somebody I ever worked with. I think I think that's great advice across the board, right? I mean, like sure. That whoever that was, they did you a great favor. Well, here's I'll tell you who it is later. But the thing about it is not only am I still friends with this person, he was one of the people that wrote my recommendation for elevation to fellowship. Wow. And this so, is, this is, fit, yeah. So it's the idea that even though I quit this job, I'm pretty sure almost everybody, except for the burger guy, would probably have taken me back, right? And it has to do with how I handled myself, but it's the taste I left in everyone's mouth by the way in which I left. So was this early or, I mean, when was like in jobs numbers of 10, was this like early on or kind of middle of the road? I was probably job three. Oh, okay. So pretty early. Pretty right? early. Yeah. Yeah, probably year five well, or so. A, yeah, that's a good thing to learn. I think that early in your career, though, to have somebody tell you that. Yeah, and, you know, it made a difference. More from Life of an Architect in a moment. Every once in a while, you come across a product that makes you think, why didn't I think of that? One that I know I will talk about is the first time I saw the new integrated roll screen by Pella at the National AIA convention, and I was completely blown away by it. I actually think I called it a game changer when I was shown it. It's almost one of those things you need to see in person, but I'm going to try to describe it to you. The screen is hidden at the top and bottom of the window. Imagine kind of an old school roller shade. The screen unrolls from below the sill as you raise the lower sash and from above the head as you lower the top sash. The other cool thing is you don't lose any of the tilt-in cleaning functionality that our clients have come to expect. The screen automatically disengages when you tilt the window in for cleaning 
and then re-engages when you close it. Now that's pretty cool. Architects spend a lot of time sweating the details to get a great looking window, but the screen is one of those things that, well, you need it functionally, but you kind of wish it wasn't there. I guess we could ask our clients to never open a window, which I've done before, but you don't need to with this type of screen. This innovation is so obvious and so clever. No storage, no taking screens in and out during seasonal changes, no cleaning because it is literally hidden in the frame of the window and only opens if the window is open. Trust me and go check out this product on Pella's website, Pella.com. Innovating quality products is something Pella has been passionate about since 1925. When they first opened their doors over 90 years ago, their product was a patented casement window, roll screen, retractable screen. Yep, that's how they got their start. A screen that rolled up out of the way when it wasn't in use. At the time, this was incredibly revolutionary, and it's still offered today. And they're building upon that legacy with this new integrated roll screen. Pella's focus on innovation has produced another winner, and it's a great example of the way they think about their products. Inspired design, exceptional detail. Go check them out at Pella.com. I think that we should take a moment and talk about why somebody should quit a job, because there's reasons why you should not be where you're at anymore. So there are indirect reasons why you should quit a job, like going back to school, moving to another city or state, or your significant other is moving and that you're following them to wherever they're getting relocated to. But we're not going to talk about those things because those aren't personal. Those aren't reasons. Like no one's going to be mad. Like I wouldn't be mad if, well, I haven't been mad when somebody says, my husband got a job over here and this is important. So I'm giving my notice. Yeah. I, I was disappointed, but it, I wasn't yeah, disappointed you can't be angry at about them. It. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. can be, be disappointed at the situation, but you can't get mad at them for that. So let's talk about the direct reasons why you would quit a job. Of all the jobs that I quit, the main reason I left is that I was looking to do something else. So this has to do with opportunities elsewhere. It wasn't because things were necessarily bad where I was. I just wanted to do something different. And most of the people that I worked with took it pretty well. And the act of telling that person that I was leaving was not a big deal. Only once did somebody feel the need to sit me down to tell me why this might be a bad decision. And that was the eat your vegetables guy. So by that, and you say opportunities in most of your situations, did you, other than the burger episode, did you quit knowing you already had another job? No. See, this was the, this was the era of milk and honey for architects. <laughs> Oh, so, you mean the late 80s? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was bad in the late 80s. Yeah. So 92 is when I got my first job, and the economy was pretty bad. But it recovered starting in around 93, 94. And so all of a sudden, that void that existed of my experience level didn't exist because the economy is bad, so those people stopped going into the profession. Yeah. So for like the next 10 years, it was not hard for me to get a job. And not because I was great, even though I'd, I'd like to think that I, I was great. I got those jobs because they needed people right? There was almost always a need. So I never quit a job. Never once did I take a job somewhere else while in the employee of my current position Okay. to quit, to go work somewhere else. That so, never happened. So then, it, I mean, it's not so much, I'm, I'm just trying to think that maybe opportunity is not the right word, or maybe it is, it's opportunity, but it's you seeking an opportunity, not that one was presented to you. Well, it could be either one of those. In my case, it, it wasn't somebody came to me saying, well, that's not entirely true. The The job I have now, the partnership I have now, Michael reached out to me, actually, electronically. 
I was in Hawaii on vacation and I was talking to my wife saying, you know, do I need to make a change? Everything seems really static. I've been in the same place for a long time. Nothing seems to be changing. Yeah. What should I do? Bing. My phone goes off. Fantastic. I look down. It's a text from Michael and it says, I want you to come work for me as a partner and I'll change the name of the company. And then we got on a boat, lost cell coverage for 45 (laughs) minutes and I couldn't respond. You're like, and (laughs) cricket. He's on the other end going, man, I shouldn't have done that. No, no. He's like, he he told me, he goes, you didn't respond. I send that kind of text message and I don't hear from you for like an hour. And I was like, I was on a ferry. There was like in Hawaii. He's like, I don't know, There was no cell coverage in the ocean. I was thinking really hard. And it was hard decision for me because while I, there were things about the job I was in, my last job, I liked all those people. I loved my job. I liked the people that I work with. So it was not, it was not an easy decision. Well, those are the, to me, those are the toughest, I think, right? Like to quit a situation that you're for the most part happy with, right? Oh, like those are the hardest ones. Yeah. Those are the hardest things. I think the idea that you would quit a job that you like to take another job because you think it might be a better opportunity. Yeah. And I think that's really tough, right? I mean, it was hard. A lot of times that's, I feel like sometimes from my experience and not my own experience, but my experience with others and listening and hearing that it's not always the best. Sometimes it's, you think it's good to leave a good situation, but it's not. Yeah. Right. But you you don't learn that until it's too late. It's too late. It's always too late. That's the heaviest decision. Not ones where either you like the people, but you really don't like what you're doing. Well, those heavy decisions, they really don't happen in the first couple of years you're working. Oh no. Yeah, no, they do. This is when you start hit your thirties. Yeah. Your mid forties, that kind of thing. Another direct reason why you might quit your job is lack of opportunities where you're currently working which is kind of why I left my last job. There were no personality conflicts. There was no quality of work issues. There was a ceiling. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get my name on the door and they kept saying, yeah, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. And after a while, you don't want to be the person that has to keep bringing that up. It takes some of the shine off if you have to say, hey, you said you were going to do this and it has happened and I need to force your hand. So I thought, we've been talking about it off and on. It's been mentioned for like five years and nothing's happened. It's really important to you. They would have made it happen. happen. Ultimately, that was the thing that ended up making that decision for me. It's like I had Michael, who's like, I want you here. Come on. And I'm going to do all this to get you to come here because that's how important it is that for me that you're here. Yeah. And I went, it's the one thing I'm missing. Other than that, my last job was great. Love it. Yeah. But lack of opportunities is a big deal. And it doesn't have to necessarily be getting your name on the door. It could just be if you feel like you've been doing the same job for a long time and That's because, you know, like we talked about in the previous episode, Architecture in the Real World, that everybody kind of starts to getting siloed and maybe what they want you to do or what they want you to specialize in. It's not what you want to do. It's not what you want to do, right? Maybe at some point you'll come to the conclusion that that is what you need to be doing, but it might not be where you're at right then. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, right, like the, if, if you can really see, especially I think younger Maybe not younger. At some point in your early career, not in the first couple of years, you probably don't know, but a little bit after that, you will, depending upon where you work, you'll be able to kind of see where your ceiling is, right? You're going to be able to be like, yep, I'm not, this is about as high as I could ever go. Yeah. Right. Like in the current situation, right? This is my peak out. This is it. And so if you can see that and that's not really where you want to get, or, you know, you want to go past that or what you want to do. Yeah. And and the trick is the sooner you can spot where that ceiling is, you either know, am I on a trajectory that will allow me to get through it to get there? Yeah. Or can I know now earlier that I won't get through it and go I ahead and move? I yeah. need to move on. Yeah. So, and then another reason, another direct reason is financial. I have very strong opinions about taking jobs for money. I mean, on one very superficial level, 
you're like, I get you need to pay your bills and you yeah. need to eat and you need to be able to buy a car. I mean, I get all that. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about moves where you go, I make $40,000 a year and I have to go over here. They're going to pay me 45 big ones. Yeah. I go, that's not the reason to change that job. There might be other reasons that contribute to that being a consideration, but it should not be the reason why you change a job. Well, yeah, I have a lot of, you know, I had a lot of students in my office too that come through and they're not, I mean, they're just working for me while they're in school and they're never permanent, right? They never intend to be permanent employees. And when they get to near graduation, they start looking at jobs, looking at jobs. I'm always trying to tell them, don't take a job just because it's going to pay you the most. And I bet, you know, 50% of the time they'll contact me or we'll keep in touch. And about a year later, they're like, yeah, you were right. It always, it always <laughs> I, comes I back. didn't want to, I, I shouldn't have done this. I mean, yeah, I'm getting paid, but man, I hate this job. And they move on. Yeah. If the sole reason that you're going to take a job is for money, it's the wrong reason. Well, what you get paid versus what brings you fulfillment. And that's really hard for young people to really kind of I mean, yeah, pen well, to paper on I that. Even though it's young. Yeah. In your 30s even. There's a balance that you need to find at some point in your life. Unless making money is the thing that fulfills you, chances are you would have gone possibly in a different direction with your career, like, you know, another job outside of architecture. Yeah. Where... Sometimes the the main reward people get is either the thrill of the chase of whatever it is they do or the compensation that comes along with doing the task that they're doing as a result of their, what they're getting paid. Yeah. Right. That's a big part of it. I think market sector change. Like we have a guy in our office. We talked about him last week, Nick. He used to work in healthcare. Didn't like it. Decided it's not for me. Yeah. Wanted to make a change because he didn't want to work on that anymore. And that's what they did at the place where he worked. And I think that's a total, I mean, if any reason i think that's a fantastic reason to move right i mean like i think that might be one of the best ones yeah i'm saying if you just if you just don't like where you're at right i mean oh i i wanted i thought i wanted to do residential and now i'm doing residential and it sucks i don't like it it's not whatever or the other you know i'm doing something else yeah i'm doing historic preservation or hospital work or healthcare. you know whatever retail i thought retail was gonna be awesome and, and it sucks. Well, know, for me, right? I mean, for me, I'm not saying it sorry, does. retail folks. No, no, no. I don't mean that, right? Like, but for me, like, as a as my me being whoever I am, and not me, Andrew, but me, you, the listener, correct? Right? That oh, that just is not what I wanted. It's not. Yeah. What, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So I'm going to find something else. I think that's a good. That's to me, that is the best, probably on the list of why you can quit a job. Well, the last one I have on my list is changing it because you hate your boss or one of your coworkers. Which is also a terrible reason. And we also brought it up when I told the story with the burger guy. Yeah. Which he, he, I don't, he didn't eat a burger. So I don't, he's not the burger guy, but <laughs> that's his nickname now. So the burger guy, my issues were him with him was that I lost respect for him. Yeah. Because if you quit a job because you hate your boss or you hate someone you work with, the chances are more than likely that your new place is going to have someone that you hate too. You got to find a way to work around that, make it work, change your behavior so that maybe they'll change their behavior. There's ways that you can try to be a grown-up professional and deal with it and move on because there's going to be people that you have to interface with during the course of your life that you do not like. And the solution can't be, well, I just won't do it. I'm going to go do something else. Find a way to make that work. But if you lose respect, now that's a reason. Yeah, and I think it's a different thing. You should never quit over a coworker. Right. Because everywhere you go, you're going to be in an office, whether it's five people or 500 people, there's going to be somebody that you don't particularly like. That's just part of life. Yeah. Right. 
Well, now, if it's your well, boss, that's what I said, yeah, I know. If it's your boss, it's a little bit different. I think. I think if you have a large conflict on some level, whatever that is, personal, professional, he has bad hair. I don't know, whatever it is, right? <laughs> Not he has bad hair. I'm just throwing that out there. But I mean, I think that that is a reason to probably change, especially if it's somebody that you interact with every day. But right? I think you need like, to put a caveat on that because. Like, for instance, I've had people that I've worked with that were my boss that I didn't like, but they weren't, they weren't a problem. Like if your boss is keeping you from promotions, if your job, if your boss is doing things to you that are damaging to your career, as opposed to he's just a jerk, right? Or he's mean or he's rude, or he says things in a way that aren't that nice. That's not the same thing as someone who is a roadblock to you doing what you need to do. I mean, I guess, except for, I mean, if, if he's somebody that's like rude and saying inappropriate stuff to you all the time, I kind of feel like, well, you could probably remove yourself from that situation. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think that's a decent reason. Okay. That's fair because my perspective is I've never had issues. I know it exists. It should be closer to the front of my mind. That's just what I'm, that's what I'm saying, right? Like if your boss is saying inappropriate things to you and you're like, I can't work here because it's toxic because he's a sexist. In or my whatever mind, it is, right? Well, yeah. I always translate that into, well, it's probably a rate limiting step in your career if that's the way that they're treating you, right? Because they perceive you to be a certain way and therefore your ability to advance is probably reduced because of how they see you or based on how they treat you. Yeah. Yes. But if he's just abrasive. Well, yeah. I mean, you got to deal with people's personalities. It's just, it depends on that's part of it. where that line is. Okay. So I'm going to say we should move on to how you quit your job. The actual process. The actual process. So I have a way that I do it and I think it works out really well. And I know that the Borzian method. Well, cause you and I have talked about this before and you don't necessarily agree with me a hundred percent on this. Yeah, I know. But I'm just going to say this, th- these are my, I'll, I'll just, I'll rattle them off real quick. One is don't tell your colleagues that you're going to quit before you tell your employer. You need to keep this to yourself. Like if you have a confidant, that's fine. That's your friend. But don't make it like, oh, I can, Office gossip. I'm out of here, man. Yeah. And then it's not gossip. Be professional. Tell your employers before you tell other people. You should quit in person. That's a big deal. I can't imagine somebody sending an email that I'm quitting. It seems ridiculous to me. Because mm. you're going to see the architecture community is so small. You're going to see these people again. Yeah. Right. And but so you need just... to be able to look them in the eye and say, I'm leaving. And if you want to know why, I'm happy to tell you why. Yeah, but some people are just non-confrontational, you know. It doesn't have to in be our, confrontational. Our, yeah, but it's perceived as such. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you should do it in person. I, I, I think mean, it'd 100%. be percent. Let's say that you worked for me and you quit via email. That is a check against your character in the rest of, in my mind for the rest of your career. Yeah, that you couldn't you couldn't be bothered <laughs> to come in and tell me face to face. Yeah, that you're leaving. But I think that's I don't know that. See, you're saying bothered. I'm just not sure bothered is the right word. I mean, for some people, like you said earlier, I mean, you fret over it. It's terrifying, right? So, I mean, but I'm not giving you any way. I, I would still agree that King's X on that one. No, I'm agreeing that you okay. should do it. I think you should give at least two weeks notice. Now, that's kind of standard. I mean, I'll tell you this, that in every job I ever left, even the burger guy came with two weeks notice. Now, they didn't always take it. Like, I'm pretty sure that they didn't. So you gave him two, week noti- two weeks notice at the table? You're like, I'm done? No. Yeah, two weeks. We didn't really work out the finer points, <laughs> even though we had a lot of time <laughs> over to the, do it. Over the silent cheeseburgers? Because we just didn't talk. Yeah. I, yeah well, yeah. you know, I had to, I basically had to go talk to the senior partner and say, 
This is why I'm leaving. And I gave her real reasons. It wasn't it wasn't the pouty, I don't like him reason. There yeah. were other reasons why I was thinking I needed to move on. That was the straw that broke the back. Yeah. I just, I couldn't tolerate that guy anymore. But there were other reasons why I quit. And so we kind of did a little exit and I was very gracious to her, which is yeah. probably part of the reason why she still sends me messages yeah, from time up. to time. Sure. Yeah, because I was like, let's make it constructive. Because she realized you weren't a jerk. Yeah, well, I try not to be. Yeah. So I think that's kind of important that you give two weeks notice. Now, when I left my last office, I think I gave them six weeks. And I said, and I'll continue to answer questions for as long as you need after I'm gone. Because there absolutely was a brain drain when I left. I mean, I was running a lot of jobs. There wasn't really anybody else that knew what was going on. So yeah. I didn't tell any of my the people that I was working for. I didn't tell the clients. I was like, I let them deliver that message. So part of when I gave my notice to them, I said, you can determine how you want to let the people that I'm working for know. Do you want to tell them or do you want me to tell them? Right. It wasn't, I let the cat out of the bag to the people like, Hey, I know I'm doing your house and all, but I'm about to leave and I'm leaving. And then I go tell my bosses, I didn't do that. So I thought I need to do everything right. I need to make myself available. I was very gracious. I loved working there. I wanted them to know it. But I also told them I felt like I'd hit a ceiling and they weren't. And they were actually mad. They're like, why didn't you come to us before? I was like, well, I thought I had, I thought like, I had. like five times yeah. over the last five years. Yeah. But I still see them all the time. I still have high opinions about all of them. And we get along great. And it was, And that's a big reason why you want to handle your business a particular way. Because I sit on boards with some of them. It's a yeah, big deal. and you never know. You never really know when somebody from your past can actually help you out. Yeah, right. I mean, in in ways that you don't imagine ever, especially when you're young and it's your you know one of your first eight jobs, how somebody from back then could help you out in the future. That's the whole. Don't scorch the earth. Oh yeah, just you know, be polite, be courteous. Just yeah. say, even if you hate them, it's not you, it's me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I have on here that you should train your replacement if necessary. If possible. If possible. Sometimes that, depending on like in the job I had, it wasn't a matter of me training my replacement because they never did replace me. But it was making sure that what I knew went to people who could do something with it after I left. Yeah, it's about a transference of knowledge, Yeah, so to speak. I also have on my list that you need to work as hard your last two weeks. Like if you give two weeks notice, you need to kill it for those two weeks. Not just show up and do your time and just kind of have that mic drop attitude the whole time you're there because that's the time that they're paying attention to you. And that's where you're cementing how they view you as a person is taking place. Are you professional? Did you do your job? How did you conduct yourself during that period of transition? It's really important. And it really makes a difference to five years down the road when somebody goes, Hey, that guy used to work for, what do you think? What they're going to think about is that last two weeks that you worked for them. That's the part that's going to pop in their mind first. I agree. And I think it is important. You can't say I'm going to quit. And then for two weeks, you're really not doing any work because that's, that's one of those that'll put a big kinks X on you for sure. In my book. Yeah. I think you need to express gratitude to those people. Even if you leave and you're like, I hate it here. You didn't always hate it. Yeah. And And, and regardless, and regardless, they gave you an opportunity. They gave you a job. I mean, yeah, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out, but they took a gamble on you just as much as you did on them. Yeah. For some period of time. Yeah. It was mutually beneficial. Yeah. And then I think that you should, and this is a terrible thing I'm about to say, given the fact that I'm talking about it, <laughs> keep the personal details to yourself forever. 
even if something really bad had happened in my last job, don't ever go talking. About I don't talk burgers. about it. Yeah. It's not, that one's different. I, nobody knows where that was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so that was important to me, but I actually did have a really good experience the last place I worked, but I wasn't always happy, but I don't tell those tales. Again, that goes back to earlier, sort of the gossip thing. Just don't do it. Be professional and say we parted ways. And if you, if you weren't happy, you could say that I wasn't happy, but not, I wasn't happy because of this and this and this, and they do that. And this is it. You know, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do That's that. That's so unprofessional in and of itself. Right. It's just not a show on E. You know, you don't have to do that. It doesn't get you anywhere. Maury Povich is coming out to talk to you, Andrew, about his experience working at that one firm. Yeah. And then let's bring out his previous boss. Yeah, no. Ooh, I know, that, right? Now. I told you. That crowd goes crazy. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Okay. So there are good and bad things associated with what happens when you quit your job. I think we've kind of touched on kind of the major like Roman numerals one through six or so of what that could be. There were a lot of good things that came out of it for me. You know, part of it is when I changed jobs so often in the beginning, it allowed me the opportunity to find out who I was and what I liked and what I thought I was good with. And there were some awkward transitions that took place for sure. But I met a lot of people and I'm pretty sure they all have a pretty decent opinion of me now. I hope. Still. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Not, Not now. You mean still. Well, well, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future. I might go crazy. Yeah, okay. I don't think quitting a job is a bad thing. I think that it is, there's a natural evolution in our industry for people to leave where they're working to find other opportunities or so hay in a different capacity than where they're currently at. But it's important you do it the right way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't, th- I wouldn't say that there's any reason to never, ever, ever quit a job. I mean, even as an owner, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there are reasons for me to quit my own stuff, but, um, I think conflict with the boss. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Sometimes the boss is a jerk, but yeah, I think that there are benefits to it as long as you do it correctly. Right. And really what it boils down to is being professional about all of it. Handle right? up on your business. Yeah. Just being as an adult. You, as you about quit your business. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's the end of the show, but We get a hypothetical this week. So here's the scenario for you. You are given a place to live, a comfortable yearly allowance, and you are not allowed to work. Where would you live and what would you do with your time? (laughs) I should have listened to what we said last time because now I don't even remember. (laughs) I know what you answered last time. Oh, I don't. Can we tell you what your answer was last time? I mean, I think it was like I was going to live on the beach. No. Or in the mountains, in the middle of nowhere? No. I was going to live in a city? You talk. We talked through all those things. Yeah. Right? Because I made the argument for, it kind of comes down to, do you think you want to be- Surrounded like, by people Solitary, yeah. or do you want to be fed by the, you know, the energy of, of a large city? Yeah. And there's lots of benefits to- Both. Being isolated, I think. At least for me, all my fantasies almost always involve me being out in the middle of nowhere with nobody around, which all the people that know me go, that would never work. You wouldn't make it. Yeah, you'd die. Yeah. Y- yeah, you'd shrivel I'd be up that in a guy, ball in about three days. <laughs> I'd be that guy ordering stuff off of Amazon just so I could talk to the delivery driver. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I- I'm willing to acknowledge that that's true for me. So what I decided is that I think I would go for beach. The beach. I'd go for beach. I'd go for a beach environment and I think that I would work in, well, I can't work. So your hobby. Yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd become a drunk. I'd sit at a, (laughs) (laughs) 
Mojave would be a drunk. Yeah, Mojave would be drinking. Yeah, I'd be. I, I Coladas, rum yeah, drinks. That's right. I would sit at a tiki bar on a beach, <laughs> and I'd have new people to talk to all the time. That's and, right. And they wouldn't know my stories. Yeah, because you could you could hone the craft of oh the God. same story over and over and over. I have about 500 stories that I are know. great. Yeah. And I would be able to I've just heard to, them all. You like, haven't. You've heard like maybe 150 of them. <laughs> I have so many more. 150 times. <laughs> and each one gets better. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what I did. For me, you know, I thought about it for a while and I thought, well, you know, I like it. I don't like it to be hot, but I don't mind it hot if I'm in a bathing suit. <laughs> With a little bit of breeze and a cold drink. And I have a drink and I can go jump in the ocean. Yeah. That's like vacation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think that I would be okay. The one thing that I think I need, other than like having purpose, which is what my job provides to me, is to talk to other people. I think I want to have a good time with people. Yeah, you want to interact yeah. most of the time. I mean, yeah. up until you don't. And then until I get tired. Which like, goes back to our other point, my point previously <laughs> about if you're not in, you're not in. So, you know. What, what? I don't even remember. I, well, you got to decide. I don't. I don't remember what I was. My, uh, you know, because I was having a conversation with somebody else the other day about how I wanted to, but I couldn't work. But I would love to live at a beach and like rent scooters. That would be my. That's a job. You can't have. Be, a, I know. I was having my job, so I can't do that. Um, I mean, I know what I would do as a hobby. I would write. Okay. Like I would write. That sounds like you need to isolate yourself somewhere so that you can. Right. Right. Kind of, but at the same time, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't Here, know if I want to I'll answer the question for you, and then you the can sticks. say no. Okay. I think for you, <laughs> I love how you're giving it to me. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. That's, you're gonna tell me my own. Name. Tell me my. I fantasy. know. Well, you're doing a bad job at it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you would be somewhere in like the Colorado Rockies, some place that wasn't cold all the time, but got cold. Some place that was majestic in its beauty, not some like generic suburb. Some place that maybe you could look out a window and you saw a little bit of water and there's a lot of trees, you know, and it was beautiful. And you go sit out on the porch and smoke a cigar and have a scotch or something in the evening. Sounds pretty good so far. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I, cause I don't think that you need constant interaction. I think that you would actually, if you had to put a percentage to it, I think that you would probably like to be by yourself or with very few people an overwhelming percentage of the time. Maybe, maybe. I'd say 80, I, 80% or so. I wouldn't so. want to be alone. Yeah. I've learned about that about myself. I don't like being alone. Like yeah. I don't like being by myself. I like being with two or three people, though. Well, if you could tolerate my stories, it could be the two of us. Well, and that's fine. Just listen to my but stories. you're going to be on the beach, and I'm going to be in the mountains. <laughs> so well, it doesn't for, really work for out. For you, Andrew, maybe I would. Maybe I'd consider you it. you consider it. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that sounds about right, actually. Yeah. I think somewhere like that where I could be, I get a little bit of the seasons, because I like that. And, uh, yeah, just have some, some solitude. We could have a snowball fight. Yeah. Have some solitude. <laughs> and then I could write, you know, write books yeah. or novels or whatever. And then when poetry. you're, when you're writing your oh, poetry, I'm not listening. I'm telling you now, if this scenario plays out, I'm not listening to your poetry. I, mean, you I, I would write fiction books made out of your ridiculous there stories. There once was I'd, a lady from Nantucket. I'd, I'd turn them into <laughs> actual stories. Yeah. That's what you would do. That's what I could do. That, if, if it happened and we were in that scenario together, I could write your stories interesting but make them better i think you'd kill me <laughs> i think it'd be i think it'd work out no, pretty well for a while you'd kill me because i wouldn't i wouldn't talk i would at some point i'd no, be no. talking to you and you'd be like that's what makes this relationship great i'm great at talking at people <laughs> i'm i have no problem with that i'm okay this with true. that this is true yeah that's why it works because i'm so silent 
So that's so okay. So yeah. So I'm I'm in the mountains somewhere nice where I get some seasons and I'm riding. Yeah. But again, but in your scenario, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's where you put you put yourself in my scenario. You agreed. You agreed. No, 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 no. no, no. In my scenario, you're not there. I got strangers in mine. Yeah. Well, I I don't, I don't want a stranger in See, mine. I have I'd, superficial connections. I'd apparently, want, yeah. You. That's what you want. Yeah. You want short. Yeah. Superficial I want, connections. I want, I want to have a good time with you, and then for you to go. For away. you to go away, so I can bring somebody else new who doesn't know anything about I know, me, God, and I can tell my so, new stories. So narcissistic. <laughs> I don't like, we're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> okay. No, that's true. I love, there's, I have a very, truthfully, I have a very small group of people that I consider like real friends. And as, if it's not one of those, if those people aren't part of the life, eh, I could, you know, small dosage for everybody else. Well, yeah. You got to fight through. But you can do small layers. dosage. That's the difference. Yeah. I don't do small dosage very well. Yeah. Right. I'm like, if you're, if you're temporary, I kind of don't. I don't want to have, I don't have time for you. Right. Whereas you, is that like their label? You're a temporary. <laughs> You're a temp. Whereas you on the other hand, no, no, I don't know. I mean, I mean, in the sense of like, like you were talking about, like coming up to the bar and they're going to be there for th- like three hours and you'll gladly have a conversation with them and tell them all your stories for three hours. And I'll, Hey, you know what? I'll listen to their stories. We will be best friends no, for three I know. hours. And exactly. And to me, I, it's, I mean the exact opposite. I'm like, if you're only going to be around for three hours, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> Right, like it's no. I want, yeah. I want some. I want something with some, you know, depth to it, or whatever you want to call it. Right, some some stick to itness. Right, if you're going to be there, I'm you're going to be there. All right, I get it. So, okay, interesting dynamic that brought us together today. Yeah, so. exactly. All right, I'm going to call that a wrap. Thank you for being with us today for episode 17, quitting your job. We'd like to also thank Pella for helping us with today's episode. And if you can find it in your heart, please take the next 30 seconds and head on over to iTunes where you can subscribe to the podcast, leave us a comment, and give us a five-star rating if you feel like it. If iTunes isn't your player of choice, also available on Google Play, TunedIn, Android, Spotify, and a bunch of other platforms. They're all free, and all you have to do is hit the subscribe button on your podcast listening app of choice. Be sure to visit the original lifeofanarchitect.com for show notes, links, info, and photos from this episode. And be sure to stick around until the very end, and maybe we'll have some outro tape for you to enjoy. Thanks so much for tuning in. Cheers. See you on the flip side. Take this job and shove it. I don't want to work here no more. My vocabulary is limited to 25 words. Join us today as we smoke the people we don't like. Suck it. No, I mean, that that's not the suck it sound. I, just, I was trying to put like a... <laughs> I was wondering, like, what was that? You're, you're trying to be like... Hi, everyone. I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. He's new at this. Everybody. Sorry. I, <laughs> I just, I forgot. That's where we were I know, at. I know. Leave us a comment. And if you'll leave us a five star, bring your card box. God damn it. <laughs>